What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jordan. And this is Desmond. And welcome to episode 59 of Two Black Nerds. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And, of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. And let's not forget to mention... Head over to twoblacknerds.com right now to order some merchandise. We got t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, stickers, mugs, everything you need. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's episode, we, of course, are going to be talking about episode six of Loki, the season finale for all time, always. We have been anxiously awaiting the season finale of Loki, and we finally got it recently on Disney+, Plus, and we both checked it out. So we're here to break down all of our thoughts, all of our analysis, and all of our predictions for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because this was a big one y'all from this point on it only gets rougher the marvel cinematic universe will change forever it is mm-hmm. absolutely going to change forever nothing will ever be the same but before we get to our spoilerific thoughts on this week's episode of loki before we provide our deep dive and analysis let's just start off with some high-level general thoughts and opinions about what this episode did for us, how we reacted to it, did we like it, did we not like it. So I'm going to kick it over to you, man. Kick us off today. What did you think about this week's episode, this week's season finale of Loki? Yes, Marvel. Yes, Marvel. Yes, 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 Disney. Shout-out to you. Shout-out to the the directors. Shout-out to the writers who finally got it. They finally understood the assignment. Not that they didn't understand the assignment before, but they just weren't getting A pluses on their episodes for the assignments. This is an A plus assignment episode. Good job for everybody involved. Um, I, I really enjoyed myself here. There, the amount um, of, of action that didn't need to happen in this episode was still satisfying. What did happen was good. Um, this is this is something that we talked about in our last uh, uh, review, but we needed um, we needed a Nexus event of, for, of an episode. And that is what we got. We got a Nexus event episode um, um, in, in a Marvel TV show in the MCU. And that is what we got here. I enjoyed it uh, a lot. Again, it, it was full of Easter eggs and knowledge and this will go down as um, probably one of the better uh, MCU, if not the best MCU episode of a show that they've had thus far, uh, because they just accomplished so, 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 so much. Um, there was a lot well done here in terms of, uh, again, I kind of talked about action before. The the one action that we do get here, the choreography is better than I had seen in a lot of previous episodes. Uh, the cinematography it's still killing it it was killing it before but everything really is beautiful here the production design is really nice um in in everything uh everything was was just set up very nicely uh so i think i had to leave it here without spoiling man i just know i enjoyed the episode <laughs> and that we will get into it later yeah i'll leave it there oh we are definitely going to get into it but before we do just quickly they stuck the landing they absolutely did it mm-hmm. the assignment was understood as you said and they 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 completely knocked it out of the park in my opinion they gave us what we wanted they gave us what we asked for and what we hoped that we would see they answered questions 
and they also raised so many, many new questions for the future of the MCU. And again, as yep. I said, nothing will ever be the same. This is going to be a very pivotal moment for the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward, especially in the immediate future, in the next few months, even even so, in, 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 you know, over the course of the next few movies that we're going to get in the next TV series that we might see um, in the coming months. So we're going to feel the ramifications of what happened here really quickly. And I, I'm just I'm just so excited because now we have something tangible to really latch on to and say, this was the moment where it all changed, and we can always look back on that and say that was an extremely, extremely important sequence of events that went down. I think looking at the episode as as a 45-minute experience, it, it struck the perfect balance for me between the weirdness of what we can get in comic books, but also still those intimate character moments that you have to have to, to make us care about these characters and to feel a relationship with them Mm -hmm. and they never abandoned that formula really throughout this entire series they managed to strike that balance for all six episodes and they just they hit a home run here they continued on there and i just appreciated that unlike what we saw in wandavision and unlike what we saw in the falcon and the winter soldier Mm -hmm. this third act this final episode was not huge over-the-top cgi battle where you just have people fighting each other it doesn't really mean anything it's just it's just a lot of hand punching and all of that type of stuff and flying and all of these crazy, wacky things, which, of course, we do eventually want to see at some point. But the formula, yeah. we thought we understood it. This episode of Loki said, oh, no, 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 no. You have us misunderstood. There is no formula. This is going to shake shit up in just such a completely new way. And there's just so much to be excited about, I think, moving forward. And this shit just left me absolutely shook. I was completely mm-hmm. shook by the end of it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Here we are. We've arrived and and things are things are about to get extremely extremely real. So, kudos to them. Excellent job across the board, I would say. I have one small nitpick but that I can't, I can't get into it until we talk about spoilers, but it, yeah. it's really it's almost damn near moot just because of the 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 nature of what it is, but I'll talk about that. But beyond that, this is pretty much an A+ as you as you said and alluded to earlier. This is just so well done and I'm so excited for where where things will continue to go. So with all that said, we're not going to waste any time. Let's get into it. If you've not seen episode six of low key for all time, always go watch it now on Disney plus. I feel bad for you because you've probably gotten it spoiled already. There's no way you could get on any social media and not really understand what's Mm -hmm. happening here. But if you've been fortunate enough to not be spoiled, go watch it, come back and listen to us to hear this deep dive and analysis on episode six of low key. That's your official spoiler warning. Here we go. We got Kang, y'all. Ah! Kang the Conqueror. Ah! What? What the fuck? It's really, it's happening. It's, it's really happening. Oh my goodness! It's um, happening. <laughs> like <laughs> we 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 have been speculating, we have been wishing and hoping, and we've been theorizing the hell out of this show ever since mm-hmm. episode one and wondered will marvel pull the trigger will they make this happen will it truly be kang the conqueror one of the biggest one of the baddest one of the most villainous arch nemesis in the entire marvel universe from the comics Mm -hmm. to every other iteration we've seen him in and they did it and um i just i you know i i'm 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 almost astounded at the fact Mm -hmm. that it happened because i remember when we talked about wandavision and there was obviously so much speculation behind that show about what it was going to be, who was behind mm-hmm. everything, and it turned out to be the extremely obvious answer. It was Agatha all along. Mm-hmm. All the clues were there. They didn't mislead us. And, you know, with that said, it might have been obvious to, like, the 10% of us who know this shit 
to you know through the through the back and front like the back of our hands right. but to the general audience it might not have been that obvious but for mm-hmm. us who like just do this on a regular basis it was like okay yeah it was agatha we were mm-hmm. hoping for something like crazier but it was, and and here it seemed obvious but i think we were all a little bit hesitant because mm-hmm. we didn't want to get ralph bonard again like we right. didn't wandavision <laughs> like right. oh so it's just a swerve bro like mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. They gave us what we wanted. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk specifics, of course, with everything here. But just I, I want the initial reactions, man. Seeing Kang here for the first time, although we we never heard his official name in this episode because this is a different version of the character. We refer to him as He Who Remains, which mm-hmm. is something that I did predict last week. I did say that we wouldn't see the actual Kang. We would see some sort of alternative version of the character. Yeah. Um, and we did get that this week, but. For the purposes of this show and for the purposes of talking about this episode, this is Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. I just want to get your initial reactions, man. How, how did this make you feel when you first saw fucking Jonathan Majors pop up in this show? I actually paused the TV and <laughs> yelled out loud. I told you I would, bro. I said, if this, if, I said, if Kang comes out next week, I'm going to yell. And I did just that. I yelled at the goddamn TV because Jonathan Majors is here, man. I'm such... Now, of course, we're Marvel fans, but I'm such a big Jonathan Majors fan too, man. And to see the two, to see them come together earlier than what I just expected, in terms of them announcing him being in Quantum Mania, you know, um, this is just crazy to see that this is here. Uh, even last week, we were like, um, uh, Jonathan Majors, you know, got asked about King the Conqueror stuff, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, and we were like, uh huh, that could go two ways. <laughs> sure that can go two ways every time he did it the right way though because it's still it's still easy to be like "Ah, he's not gonna do anything you know "Ah, he's not gonna pop up and he fucking popped up came the conqueror is here um and look if you don't know now you know do some research on the man he's a he's really big um um in the comics of course but he finally got this live action came the conqueror a, a version of him uh, but that's all we need for now. Uh, we'll talk about more later. But that was I, I literally yelled at the TV. Uh, and um, I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> when that door slowly panned open, I had the biggest grin on my face. Like, <laughs> no, they did not really do this. Jonathan Majors really fucking kept the secret. Somehow showed up on set undetected, unspotted by any, by any public paparazzi or anything like that. They kept this under wraps. It just goes to show when Marvel really wants to keep a secret, they absolutely can. They can mm-hmm. truly keep things under wraps. And it, it, I think it's also brilliant because they did announce that, of course, he is playing Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Right. So for us people that follow this news, it's like, okay, now we can follow this and be aware of this and, and know that he is eventually coming. And then when it happens here, it's not this out of left field thing. It's like, oh, yes, this all makes sense. So now mm-hmm. we can draw the connections between these two properties. And so I, I just, you know, watching this episode from the beginning all the way up until his reveal, I was just so nervous. I hadn't felt this way watching a Marvel anything in a, in a while, to be honest with you, probably since like Endgame, where I was just like genuinely nervous about what was going to happen. Because obviously I'm so anxious about the reveal. Like, let's get to it. Show me right. who this is. Pull the mm-hmm. curtain back. 
and they did and just the entire lead up and the suspense that they built was just so wonderfully done so masterfully executed even the miss minutes jump scare was a was a nice little touch that they <laughs> threw in there had elements of a horror movie and obviously she we find out that she knows a lot more than she's let on to to, to you know to let allow us to believe and right. and all of that just stuff was just done so well and then we got to really sit and develop this relationship with with him he who remains for the pretty much the majority of this episode he was the star uh loki and sylvie took a back seat mobius ravona all these other characters took a back seat to jonathan majors appearing here for the first time in the mcu and it was needed it was necessary for where they intend to go so Mm -hmm. just so well done so exciting and just so just so i mean they're just they they're just so they're so ahead of the game. You know, they really know what they're doing over there when they want to. And yeah. um this is this is painting a really beautiful picture for what the future may hold. But let's go back to the beginning of the episode because this started off a lot different than I expected it to, but when that Marvel Studios logo ran at the top, we heard all of these nostalgic sort of clips and voices from previous MCU entries. You know, you were hearing Falcon and you were hearing Star-Lord and you were hearing Mm -hmm. Tony and Cap like utter all of these different things that we've heard from previous entries into the MCU. And it was over top of the music that we hear between Steve and Peggy when they share their dance at the end of Endgame. So right then and there, I knew something was just like, this is going to be different. That that's really kind of what started the the anxiousness for me. Mm -hmm. And it really signaled that this is going to be a pretty pivotal episode based on them employing that sort of audio and visual device and changing things up from what we knew. Um, And I think literally it's almost kind of turning everything on its head and just, you know, showcasing how things will never be the same, of course. But as we, you know, get the, get the, 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 the entry into the Citadel at the end of time with Loki and Sylvie, they arrive there. They're obviously anxious and nervous to see who's behind all of this. Um, They run into Miss Minutes and Miss Minutes is bargaining with them. She's essentially saying, you know, He's been watching everything that you've been doing, and he's willing to to negotiate. He's willing to maybe give you some things that you never thought you could probably get at this point. And she's offering Loki a chance to win the Battle of New York, to defeat the Avengers, to 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 defeat Thanos, and to wield the mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet, have all the power of the universe. And uh, essentially, Loki and Sylvie are just not buying it. They are very much locked in and, and focused on their mission here. And that's where we get Kang, and we get that reveal of Jonathan Majors again. He is referring to himself, and Miss Menace refers to him as he who remains. And so right. this is a variant version of the character. This isn't, I guess the best way to put it is that this isn't like the prime version of Kang that we know in the mm-hmm. comics, but this is just one of the many offshoots, one of the many different personas of all of the different variants that exist within Kang. Similarly what to, to what we saw with Loki in prior right. weeks, where we have our Loki, but there's also all these other Lokis that mm-hmm. exist out there. And so... Kang is obviously talking to Sylvie and Loki, and I think we're all just still processing, like, what's happening right now? And he's giving off this really, really eccentric and weird performance. And, um, you know, I think that there's so much time dedicated to also, like, this history lesson on where he comes from. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he's once he was once a scientist living on Earth in the 31st century, and that's where he discovered that there were universes stacked on top of each other. And that's yeah. how they discovered the concept of the, of the multiverse. And so once they found, well, once this variant version found that out, they sought out other variant versions of themselves. And at first, everything was all good. You know, they were they were they were respectful. Things were in peace. And then, of course, inevitably, there are other more evil versions, more sinister versions of Kang that came about that mm-hmm. wanted to conquer, that wanted to to control these other various universes and multiverses that exist. And that resulted in the multiverse of war, which made me think that, you know, at the top of the show in episode one, 
when Loki is getting that history lesson about the TVA, we get all of this information, but it's told as if the timekeepers were behind everything. However, it was really Kang. So the information in and of itself was technically true. It's just that the Mm -hmm. person responsible was not who we thought it was. It's actually he who remains or this variant version of Kang. So um, as we were just getting all this, you know, introductory information and really starting to settle into what, what was all happening here, what was going through your mind and what were you thinking? Yeah, man, it is. um, It's so interesting how long we can speculate and say, you know, that statue looks like Kang or Ravona is (laughs) preceded by a big ass Kang head, (laughs) <laughs> just sitting you know uh, right next to her behind her or um and then you know that come true and i think that's what was going through my head is like what this is really happening uh, i think that um they're really going through with this like kang is really behind this and you know sometimes it, it can be hard to say uh you know i don't i don't know sometimes it'd be hard to say i was right about something you know or uh, especially when it comes again to these Marvel shows, because there, there's so many red herrings and so many misdirects. Um, but at this time, again, I'm just trying to cope with the fact that this is actually, you know, this is what it is. And it's also interesting because it's so deliberate, right? Marvel at all the time is this whole show was a, it was a red herring inception twist, double twist thing they were trying to do, right? They keep putting all these Kang things in the show, um, mm-hmm. which again, the whole time you're like, well, I guess there's no way it's Kang. There's too many Kang things in the show. And then it actually is. And that is just so, uh, so, so, so well done. You know, the entire time I'm watching this, um, you know, you gotta, uh, I'm just thinking like, right. Like you gotta, you gotta break it down. And Jonathan Majors himself, uh, as, as, um, he who remains, right. He pops up with his album and you know, everything's intentional. You're like, what the hell is this apple? Like, why are you just eating an apple? Like any, any, any normal movie, you're not going to be like, oh, what is this apple? But a Marvel movie, you're like, no, what is this apple? Um, and the first thing I thought of was Adam and Eve, actually. Yeah, man. That's the, the first thing I thought of. I was like, hmm, Sylvie, Loki, Adam, Eve. And, and, and this man kind of, you know, presenting uh, them with, with information and choices, right? It reminds you of anything in the story. The, it can remind you of the serpent, which he keeps re- referring to himself as the demon or a demon, you know what I mean? Or it, it can, um, or just even the tree, right? And the, 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 the tree of knowledge. So um, that's just what, what kept, you know, uh, running back in my head. The other thing that kept running back in my head was just he who remains in general, right? Like this in the comics, he who remains the last surviving TVA agent. Um, and he, he went under that pseudonym, of course, he who remains. And he created the timekeepers, right? And, but he wasn't malevolent, right? He was actually a, kind of a good person in the comic. Like, mm. uh, the he who remains, he was kind of a nice dude. Mm. Um, and we kind of see glimpses of that. And Jonathan Majors uh, kind of, again, hybrid Kang, he who remains kind of character here. Um, and, you know, even in the comics, he was thought to be an older version of Morbius, which, of course, we won't, or Mobius, of course, we won't see here. Uh, but just thought that, I just think that's interesting. But just being able to co- to combine these characters is just 
again, uh, just something that's like, it makes so much sense. It makes a lot of sense. This variant of Kang the Conqueror is really he who remains. and Or, yeah, he who remains. And it's it's just, well, they were just killing it, man. I was just like, yes, that makes total sense. Why would you not do that? Um, so, yeah, man, temp- tempting. When you, can, when you tempt people with the possibility of being able to live their lives the way they always wanted to, um, and somebody like Loki, who we know has been self-absorbed his whole life, can say no to that. You have to character development claps all around, right? I mean, we we watched it happen because when he when he when he does it, you're not surprised. <laughs> no one goes, "Oh shoot, did he really just?" You're like, "No," you know. Um, so yeah, I just, in in that moment, I was just thinking, uh, it was just really good. <laughs> that's all i gotta say man it was really good i mean the first words that jonathan majors utters on screen is this is wild and how aptly said because this shit is. is really wild and so to have all of this unfold and to really process and think about how marvel decided to tell this story in this way I'm just so impressed because it's such a it's such a clever way to go about the mythology of this character to say, mm-hmm. yes, you will get you will get a primed version of the character. You'll see him. He'll have a costume. He'll be reminiscent of the Kang that we all know. But this is not mm-hmm. the final version. This isn't the most evil version. You're going to have still have to wait to see that because there is a movie coming that that that'll likely have that version of the character and other versions of the character. An infinite right. amount that we found out. And I just think it's just so it's just such a brilliant and and strategic and smart, intelligent way to go about introducing this character into the larger mythology of this universe. And Jonathan Majors in the role just seems to be having so much fun um, mm-hmm. and having such a great time, which I, I was really pleased to see. The one gripe that I mentioned earlier that I can just like get out the way now is that his 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 portrayal of this version of the character, he who remains, was a little it was a little too eccentric and a little too whimsical for me at times. Um, it, it definitely was reminiscent of like him channeling Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. But mm-hmm. I can also quickly forgive that because, again, I know that we're going to get other versions of him. So we're going to get to see Jonathan Majors really showcase so much range in this yeah. role because we're probably going to get a very sinister and evil version. I'm sure we're going to get an incredibly intelligent version. We might get a version that's that's a little bit more aloof and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of laid back about this entire thing. And here we're getting this uh, this this almost this master mastermind behind this whole thing, this benevolent person who is who is evil to an extent because right. he isn't he's a dictator you know and he's determining the outcomes and and the sequence of events for so many people's lives however when presented with all the information across the table we find out that this is the lesser of many different evils it mm-hmm. could be so much worse and it will be so much worse and uh he's actually been keeping things in order and that whole idea of order versus chaos that they've been playing a- around with a lot in the show has really come to pass now. Mm-hmm. The show has so many themes and so many things about it, but the idea of free will versus destiny, if you look at the, the the byline of this episode, it says that Loki and Sylvie meet their destiny, 
which is almost just really haunting because it's like, man, damn, was this always meant to happen this way? Mm-hmm. Was there really no other chance for this to go in a different direction? Was there no opportunity to where they could see eye to eye and be on the same page and not cause possibly the biggest fucking rift in universe <laughs> history ever in all time? Like, yeah. but you know, it, it's it's those questions that that they continue to present to us and challenge us with. So uh, obviously, lots to think about here, but. You know, pulling back and again looking at this episode, there's not really much like thematically to talk about. Like it, it kind of is what it is. Like we right. got what we got. The mm-hmm. real big conflict in this episode, we get he who remains after he explains all of the the history and how he came to be. Um, he presents them with the ultimatum and he offers them a choice. And he he tells them that they can either kill him and end the singular timeline that he's been maintaining, which would cause another multiversal war, or Instead, they can become his successors and oversee the TVA and can manage it because he's been really impressed with how they've been able to get around all of the red tape and all of the bureaucracy of the TVA to find him. And so he, at this point, is ready to kind of retire. He, he says he's an old man. He's older than he looks. This is a very tiring job. It's a young man's game. Sylvie and Loki fit that description, so why not you you two take it over? And that's the the, the, the true big ultimatum that they have to face and, and, and deal with. And Kang says something, you know, really crazy in in providing this ultimatum to them. He says, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You either take over and my life's work continues or you plunge a blade into my chest and an infinite amount of me start another multiversal war. And I just end up right back here anyways. Mm. Reincarnation, baby. Um, At this point, we now have the conflict of the story. We now have our central characters that we've been following for five episodes at an impasse, at an odds. And I think it opens up this conversation that we've been having over the course of several weeks about who these characters are destined to be, mm-hmm. what makes a low-key a low-key, and the choices that they make. And you alluded to the fact that in this in this scenario, Loki is presented with, I mean, tons of power, an opportunity at so much power to sit on this throne and to oversee the TVA to essentially control all of time. Right. And he he seems so uninterested in that at this point. And Sylvie, who's gone through a lifetime of hurt and pain, cannot mm-hmm. allow herself to get past that hurt and pain to really think about the situation and to examine what's going to be worth it. Is it really worth throwing the universe into chaos because you're blinded by your own hatred of, of what's been done to you? Right. On top of the fact that she's just, she doesn't trust anybody. She cannot allow herself to trust anybody or to really believe the words of other people. Although Loki decides to say, like, I actually believe the stuff that he's telling me. I'm a liar. Mm-hmm. And I know when somebody's lying and he's not lying. Mm-hmm. So there's this back and forth that they obviously go between um, between with the two characters. And it results in a catastrophic event. Uh, and Sylvie makes the decision to kill he who remains, which plunges the timeline into chaos and madness it frees the, the sacred timeline and we see that it shatters and it splits off and cascades into branching realities before our very eyes as we know it and so um what are your thoughts just on about the i think really the central conflict between sylvie and loki there mm-hmm. and then also just the choice that was presented to them in the, in this in this moment you know that was a really pivotal moment obviously for both their characters to kind of face their fate right before their very eyes yeah, man, you spoke about how, uh, again, Jonathan Majors was acting uh, in a very Willy Wonka cor- sort of fashion, right? And that is the way he presents the information from his minutes, right? That's the test. Like, are you worthy uh, of taking this spot? And they they do pass it, right? Miss Minutes 
shows them to him. They're like, no, we're good. We don't need those realities. And they keep going. Um, but then there's there's another test, right? What will you do now? Um, and one of my favorite parts about Jonathan Majors uh, um, in this episode is the moment where time he no longer knows what's going to happen. He no longer knows what's going on. Um, And it's, it's really interesting to me because Sylvie and Loki, they, they've never known, but now they can know if they really want to, or they can actually decide to change lives. And I, we spoke, I spoke about last episode, how hurt Sylvie was period. Like this woman she she can't trust anything. She literally, Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine being so hurt that the fate of the world is now in your hands and you still decide to somewhat create chaos as an mm-hmm. agent of chaos that she has mentioned before? Um, and you know, even though this this TV show is all about purpose, in in are you going to be what quote unquote destiny wants you to be? What is what free will is there? It's so crazy because in my mind, she's like a walking complex. She's a walking contradiction in a lot of ways. Part of the reason she wants to kill Kang is for she wants people to have their own choices. Fuck timelines. We want free will all over the place. But then she describes herself earlier in the series, again, as as an agent of chaos, as someone who, you know, uh, uh, she must... Again, f- go with free will and the universe, and but she's the one that like creates the chaos. It's so crazy to me uh, how, how that worked out. It's like destiny met her exactly how she said, but also at the same time she wants free will. It's so it's so wild to me um, to to think about. And then we have Loki on the other hand. Again, the character development, man. There's no way. So past Loki would have taken the throne just because he wanted the throne. He's, he he would have just wanted to be king. That's all he would have wanted. This Loki is not acting in, in any sinister ways. He literally is trying to stop destruction <laughs> and in madness, which I'm we're gonna be using that word a lot. Madness uh, <laughs> right. on on the timeline, right? Um, and and that growth is is just really uh, astounding to see. And so when when again when Jonathan Major is no longer knows what's going to happen i think that that relief of of burden potentially also created uh what's the word even the he moved the stress (laughs) onto them loki and sylvie now have that stress um and sylvie said fuck all that (laughs) she's not doing it Sylvie's not doing it. Um, she she literally cannot fathom not killing the person who took away her childhood. And I think that is... I don't know how much you cannot like it and like it at the same time. Again, it's so conflicting, which is what makes this episode so good, right? I, again, I talked about before how much we're on Sylvie's team. We want Sylvie to win. We want Sylvie to 
she seems like the heart of the show, right? It's like, damn, I just want Sylvie to win. Um, at some points, even where I want Loki to win, I'm like, Sylvie, you, you need to win. And in a way, she finally gets that revenge and she wins, but was it worth it? And now, we again, we're starting to see the ramifications. Like, hell no, first and foremost, it wasn't worth it. But like, <laughs> what, it's like, where, where, where do we go from here? And I think uh, that, that central conflict, again, of these characters that we've been following, is just so interesting because that again that line of purpose and in free will and destiny all the lines are so blurred um in these moments and and this is what we get there's that old saying better the devil you know than the devil you don't Mm -hmm. and when confronted with facing this dictator who's controlled the sacred timeline who's influenced and manipulated events as he sees fit and has caused tremendous amounts of pain for Sylvie as a character. She looks at this man as the person responsible, as the individual responsible for making her an outcast to society, for making her an individual that's had to live her entire life on the run, who's been unable to forge and establish and maintain any significant relationships in her life until she's met Tom Hiddleston's low-key, where they've actually developed a bond, they've obviously developed love and care for each other, And now sitting across from the person that you've been fighting your entire life to find out who this person is and then destroy them and to 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 overthrow them and unseat them from their position of power. We are now expected to think that she's going to go in a different direction. And there is no reality where that would have been the case. If if you know Mm -hmm. how they've been playing the character up and how they've been writing her, there was no reality where she was not going to make the decision to to kill him. Right. And I think we can obviously, as an audience, always hope for more. Like, please do better. Please mm-hmm. don't do this. Because this is obviously disastrous. There's irre- irreversible and irrevocable damage that will be done if you make this decision. But as we as, as we know with storytelling devices and mechanisms, and obviously this has to continue, there's no way that there was going to be any scenario where she didn't make that decision. Truth be told, Sylvie's fucked up worse than Star-Lord did in Infinity War, if we're being real. I, absolutely. This is that was one timeline. This is significant. That was one timeline. <laughs> that was one event. Obviously, half of humanity across the universe was snapped mm-hmm. away at the hands of Thanos. Star Lord's actions absolutely cost him the victory. Although from a humane, yeah, but uh, well, uh, uh, allegedly it was supposed to happen that way. Allegedly, it was all supposed to go down that way. <laughs> as he who remains is dictated. Right, he's the one that's really in control. Ravona even says that, like the only one with free will in this universe is the one in charge and he's been in charge mm-hmm. and now we're here and we have again irrevocable damage that's going to be done and we're going to see that play out over the course of these next films and tv shows that we'll talk about a little bit later but it's just so fascinating that we're presented with that option and to see the pain come across both sophia di martino and tom hiddleston's performances as they had to face off and deal with this conflict amongst each other it was just so beautifully done so brilliantly done there was Absolutely. genuine, you can tell that there was genuine hurt and disappointment on both sides. You know, mm-hmm. Loki's like, I really, I really think we should think about this. We, we, we have to take a second because the universe hangs in the balance. And I think for the first time, we actually see Loki has fear in his eyes from another individual. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that Kang is able to strike fear in the heart of Loki should tell you something. And Sylvie, she's extremely disappointed because she's like, we've been fighting for this for such a long time now and now you want to flip and change you really want power and and loki is obviously hurt at that accusation and we see that loki has gone through 
more character development in this show than we even ever saw in the movies. What what they did in the movies was kind of child's play compared to what Mm -hmm. we're seeing now. He's further along now, I truly believe, than where we saw him at the end of, well, at the beginning of Infinity War, at the end of his character arc. For sure. Um, So it was just so well done. It's so fascinating. And uh, again, Jonathan Majors is the person delivering this this information because he is, you know, a, a little bit more whimsical in his approach. That makes him kind of equally alluring as an individual but also equally as terrifying because you're like how can this person be so casual about all of this he just Mm -hmm. seems so just it's nothing to him really he's doing it because he needs to but he's also like you should be telling me thank you i'm keeping you safe (laughs) and you don't want the worst option of this because if you get the worst option it's gonna be fucked up and uh i'm trying to give you an out here i'm trying to give y'all an opportunity to make it right and to not go down that path Man, when you've been alive for so long, millions of years, there's only like so much that can do anything. Again, <laughs> uh, he he knows everything that's going to happen. Even the 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 time device <laughs> that he has has been pre-programmed so well that he doesn't have to touch it. It's not like um the the time devices that the TVA has, right? He where they have to press a button to rewind and they got to go forward and go this way open the gate this man knows so much that it's pre-programmed <laughs> he didn't have to touch anything uh when they were in the elevator and they're swinging at him or any of that he knows what's going to happen and uh you know and i think he coming into terms with everything that's going to happen eventually you just learn to be at peace with it and i think he did that um and even though in, in the end he didn't know what, what the choice was going to be i think that 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 still for him was a, a decent way to go out is him again not knowing uh uh what happened after the threshold was crossed right um as as he uh explained so uh it's it's really crazy to see how Again, he who remains is supposed to, um, again, just take take in all the knowledge of the world and not, I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore, and not, um, I, I guess, be, be evil, <laughs> mm, right? Yeah. He, yeah. Is, he is as good as he feels like he can be, as evil as he is. And that is some messed up stuff, but he again he has come into peace with that because he knows the potential, and I think that's that's really what this is about: is potential of bad and potential of good. Um, and you know, he he spends uh, so much time and knowledge that when you reach an endpoint of a million lifetimes, the choice is yours, and they made their choice, and. Hey, that's the way it goes. It's almost that sense of responsibility that Thanos felt like he had, that he was the only one that could really bear the burden of Mm. making the choice that needed to be made and eliminating half of humanity. He's the only one that understood and and could grasp onto the gravity of what that would mean and why it was why he felt it was necessary. And he who remains is 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 in a similar position like, well, somebody has to do it. And it's dirty work. It's not Mm -hmm. clean work. It's ugly People die, people go away, people get pruned. Innocent people, you know, are victims of this. But 
look at the alternative. The alternative is all out war, complete and utter chaos. And that's yeah. what we're on the verge of. So it's kind of crazy. Let's talk quickly about um, there because we did get a few small moments between Ravona Renslayer, Mobius. They come back in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. And then we also get a moment where Hunter B-15, she goes back to 2018 and actually reveals to the Minutemen that they're variants. And she does this by showing them that Ravona Renslayer was actually a school principal back in 2018. And so that, you know, she, she's essentially allowing herself to to reveal the information just by showing it to them you know explaining it is probably too complicated let's let's just show you that you have a former life before this and then we mm-hmm. you know again we get the moments between ravona and mobius where there's also heartbreaking pain amongst those two you know their relationship parallels Syl- mm-hmm. sylvie's and loki's a lot in this episode where you're seeing the the you know sort of dissolution of these two relationships that have been established where these people trust each other but now there is no trust it's all broken there's too many lies there's too much deception um and ravona and mobius are both just like really really sort of upset with each other mobius feels like she betrayed him and Mm -hmm. then she's like no you betrayed me you sacrificed eons of friendship for two low keys all of the stuff that we've built up everything that we've done here all of the good work that we've done to give ourselves purpose and to give the universe purpose she thinks that he's essentially thrown that away because these two very low keys have come in and presented him with a crisis of faith essentially mm-hmm. you know he's lost faith in the tva obviously because you know now we know that it was it's it's all a creation these people had former lives and he can't trust her and she she's very much still of the belief that free will is not a thing there there's only really one person in charge and by the end of this episode or at least the end of her portion of the episode we she we see that she leaves the tva mobius asks her where she's going to go and she says i'm you know i'm in the search for free will and so um i think well absolutely of course we now know that there's going to be a season two and we'll talk about that soon but we know that i think we it's easy to say she'll be back in season two of course as a major player continuing Mm -hmm. to be um what did you think of you know just about all of that that happened on the tva side of things this this week First of all, I mean, B-15, good job. Like, what other way to prove to your other co-workers that all this is a hoax uh, besides showing people your boss is a variant? It's like, well, there's not much you can say about that after that happens. Uh, <laughs> what like, are you going to say now? Yeah, this shit's still you, real? No way. Yeah, there's just no way it's real after that. Um, it's also interesting what year they took them to. 2018 is. That shit, just, that shit just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they was going to pick like 1905 or even like the 1200, anything. I just yeah. didn't think they was going to pick 2018. Um, also, I'm really curious what the Nexus event is for her. Like, they keep messing with this pen. What if she like stabbed a student or something? I don't know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> wow, that's dark. Hey, <laughs> school uh, teacher, murder student with, with high school pen. She created like, a whole Nexus event. And she's yeah, a school teacher. Some, some, something something had to wild. Yeah. It had to be something wild. If you're a school teacher and you created an Nexus event, it was something ridiculous that you did, um, for sure, whatever happened. But yeah, I thought that was uh, really well done. Man, this her embarking on the search of free will is so interesting to me because she, you can tell how lost she is. She's half lost and half in the loop, right? We see mm. that exchange of files between her and Miss Minutes. Um, and it, it still feels like um that he again who he who remains kind of gave her information for her eyes only we know that but it still feels like she's like so perplexed even when she even references he who remains she's like who like what in the hell's going on mm-hmm. um so i think we'll see her later on in the other tba for sure um which is 
it probably was going to happen. Uh, but it, it, yeah, I just, I just think it's interesting how like conflicted she is. And I just can't, I can't understand her grasp on being betrayed, but still going with that person. It's almost like, uh, it's an abusive relationship, right? Uh, where a lot of times abusive relationships, you know, what's going on, but she still can't leave because you know, uh, where this, uh, uh, emotional or physical, there's always, you know, there's a lot of times just, you can't, people don't think it's <laughs> as simple as walking out the door, you know, it's never that simple. And she's kind of in that, I, I can tell she's kind of in that mood right now where she's like, you know, she knows, but she, she, she doesn't know she can't do much about it, but she can kind of do something about it. she, again, I, I think that's really interesting for her character right now. Um, I also thought it was interesting how, how long her and Mobius have been friends. She she used the word eons, didn't didn't she? I was, yeah. she was like I was like my god. Uh, I mean that's I, like an incalculable amount of time. <laughs> hey, from a from a very end of 2018, I think that's why they did it. I think they're trying to tell us time is literally a construct. Like mm-hmm. this hole has been in the TVA for years, and in our mind, she was a school teacher three years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's like th- th- this this whole thing. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting too, but. Um. Again, the 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 situation is a big question mark, and I think I actually think she's the she's the biggest question mark besides the TVA stuff at the end. Um, I think character wise, she might have the biggest question mark right now. Um, for me, in terms of where she's headed. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure because that there is like the sense of denial on her part, but there is obviously still a sense of awareness of what's happening she she's not been completely in the dark of course and why is that the case why her Mm -hmm. you know i'm really wondering like why has she been given the the opportunity and the responsibility to bear some of this this information she of course doesn't know every single thing but she is more more again more aware of uh, than than other people her and miss minutes in particular why have they been deemed responsible to be responsible you know for 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 maintaining all of this stuff i'll just be kind of interested to see where that goes of course but yeah we've obviously talked about the connections between ravona and kang in the comics and what that could potentially mean in the future but um very interesting stuff and also again great work by owen wilson and google and about the raw and mm-hmm. Wumi musaku um again not much to, to to do here not much time because there was so much time dedicated to jonathan majors appearing here for the first time but i think with what they had there were some great seeds planted for the future where where they can take things and and by the end of this episode again you know sylvie makes the decision to kill he who remains which results in the the you know the 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 timeline being disrupted it's it's essentially freed and it creates all of these branch realities and these branch realities can be pruned like these are these are real things now and she unleashes this this chaotic new multiversal existence that that'll now that'll now exist and low-key um he ends up back at the tva because she you know she basically forces him back she outsmarts him and forces him back to the tva he finds hunter b15 and moby is to try to warn them about he who remains and everything Mm -hmm. that he just learned and they don't recognize him they're like oh wait you're an analyst right oh just calm down let's let's relax and talk about this and so I think we're led to believe immediately that he's in an alternative version already of the TVA. Mm-hmm. He's in a version of the TVA that exists that he's not familiar with, or I'm kind of confused on that because the TVA exists outside of time, apparently. Right. So why is it that they don't recognize Loki is kind of the interesting mm-hmm. piece of it. And then the final shot of this of the season that we get is Loki seeing a statue that's in the likeness of he who remains, although this statue is wearing the more traditional armor 
of Kang the Conqueror. He's not wearing the same outfit that we saw Jonathan Majors wear in this episode. It's actually very reminiscent of the comics' accurate armor, and that statue has replaced the statues mm-hmm. of the timekeepers and that's the end of the season and shortly thereafter the quote-unquote mid-credit you know teaser tag that we get is that there will be a season two of this um which we've you know been speculating about and they confirmed it so this story will continue um but any you know sort of quick thoughts on just like the the wrap-up to this episode and the cliffhanger that they left us with yeah man uh the the tva that Loki ends up at where again um B15 and, and Mobius don't doesn't know who he is I think what had just been created um by Sylvie killing Kane or else it wouldn't be there <laughs> mm-hmm. um and, and in that very specific uh reality there is no timekeepers there's just Kang it's another reality where Kang, this is this is Kang that's Kang that's yeah. the one that's like I don't need no timekeepers <laughs> it is I you report to. Like it's me. Um, I got this shit. Yeah. I got this shit. Um, and you know, that's I, I think that statue that we see is the one again that we'll see um, in later in, in Quantum Mania. Um, that mm-hmm. very specific depiction of him. Uh, uh, and of course, we got we got to talk about the 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 Planet of the Apes that they brought out here, man. Uh, when, when Mark Wahlberg goes back in time. Yep. Or back to Earth, I mean, and he sees that the 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 Statue of Liberty is an ape, man, and he he goes back, and it's not a timekeeper statue, it's Kang, um, and so you know uh, that it's crazy how much, how fast that Kang literally said, "All right, if you kill me, I'll see you soon," <laughs> mm-hmm. and we turned around and we seen that boy in like a minute, bro. It was like seconds li- later, literally seconds later, um, um, we see him. And so uh, Sylvie has unleashed all hell uh, onto, you know, what, man, I, the only thing I don't know is, or what I am excited about, let's put it like that, is how we go from movie or from TV show to movie back to TV show. Because I I don't know. It has, it's been reported i don't know if it's like official or not that loki will appear in multiverse of madness right mm-hmm. um and so it's like well i guess we'll you know it's not like you can guess like you you can't come up with theories right now what's going to happen in, in the second season of loki because there's so much in between that could change the entire show you know um so i think that's just very very interesting um and i again you said it but i know it sucks for for loki not knowing or for for mobius not to know who he is you know after uh building up this whole again friendship and now not only you're quote unquote about to be boo got pushed you somewhere else but now your best friend or a version of him doesn't even know who you are um so loki kind of ends up again in this in this weird spot um that we see him see him in at the end but again i think it's a great cliffhanger I thought it was uh, really well done, and I, I can't wait to see what happens next. To be honest, you know the the one thing that stuck out the most for me in those final moments of this season is that Loki is the one and only person now with this information, with the exception of Sylvie, of course. But Sylvie remained behind at mm-hmm. the uh, um, at the at the castle where they met where they met he, he who remains Loki's now the one responsible individual that knows this stuff 
So now he's going to be the one to have to bear the burden of spreading this information to let other people know what's going on here, Mm -hmm. which makes him extremely essential, which I think means, you know, it's reported on. It hasn't been confirmed by Marvel, but I, I, I would assure it's probably a surefire bet that he absolutely will be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness because these are obviously more connected than we were initially led to believe. And good on Marvel for keeping that secret because yeah. if we know too much, then it would have been just a little bit too easy to predict these things. So I'm glad mm-hmm. we're in the position that we are in. But I think it's I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that he is in that movie. And they you know, probably did film his scenes and nobody spotted him and they did it in secrecy just like they did with Jonathan Majors. And you know, I, think, I don't think it's a coincidence that Hollywood Reporter release mm-hmm. that information today somebody on the inside of disney probably gave it to him like oh by the way he will be in this movie so yeah. um there has to be somebody there has to be the communicator there has to be the the person that's representing the audience we know everything mm-hmm. at this point but the characters involved in the in these situations don't know all the information so there has to be somebody to communicate that stuff so i mean with that said man that's the end of the episode so let's talk about the future of the mcu now because yeah. unlike i think our past shows um to an extent, you know, with WandaVision, but, you know, more so here, like, there's so much possible that can that can happen from here. So, again, we know that low-key season two is officially happening. When? No clue. As you just alluded to, will it come before Ant-Man and the Wasp? Quantumania, will it come after? Not really sure how that works. We also know later this year, Spider-Man No Way Home is happening. I think we now have a reasonable and rational explanation to all these rumors that we've been hearing about mm-hmm. these ex- this infinite amount of characters that might appear in this movie, such as Jamie Fox- Foxx's Electro, such as Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, such as possibly Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield returning as Spider-Man. None of this stuff is confirmed, but, you know, and, and even Andrew Garfield himself has denied this news, but now that we have seen what we've seen today, um, I, all bets are off. So that could provide some reasonable explanation with that. Obviously, the the elephant in the room that we continuously reference, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, is coming next next March 2022. Um, and again, Loki's character is expected to appear in that film. We also know that Elizabeth Olsen is returning as Wanda Maximoff in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which is, I mean, it seems like forever away. It's almost two years away. It's not Long coming time. out until February 2023. Um, and I should also mention, I forgot to mention this, but like in four weeks, what if the animated series all of a sudden seems a little bit more important than I think we thought. I think it's going to actually carry more weight than what we initially (laughs) assumed it would. I I think a lot of us thought like, oh, this might just be like a fun little side project, a fun little animated project, but this shit might really be canon Mm -hmm. that happened, like all the stuff that happens in the show. So (laughs) um, there's obviously so much to, you know, extrapolate from all of these future projects, but we're seeing a story that might take place over the course of six, five or six different properties in the MCU yeah unprecedented shit right there uh Mm -hmm. so what what are you thinking right now with just like what the future looks like in the mcu in this particular story i think there's a bunch of shit that's about to go down uh i mean first and foremost dr strange is gonna be pissed oh the work that he has to do oh my god the, the keeper of the realm he's gotta be pissed the other thing that kind of makes me excited for the movie of course besides the horror aspects is it might be more of a team up than I thought it would, right? If Loki's involved, if if Wanda's involved, it's like, damn, this might be a nice little cast we got for the Multiverse of Madness here, um, and and I'm I'm really okay with that, uh, because one of the things that makes 
a movie like uh say like thor ragnarok great right it's all the characters um that were involved even though thor is the center even though dr strange is going to be the center there are other people you know that you can play off of and now they fit now they make sense now it makes uh it makes wanda WandaVision makes Wanda be like, oh, she fits here now. And Loki makes Loki feel like, oh, you fit here now. And I think that's very well done um, in, in, in terms of what's going on here. I think Spider-Man is... I thought it was going to be batshit before, but seeing the end of this episode, I'm like, nah. Like, um, <laughs> I'm like, nah. Like, everybody who... We er, thought. Er, everybody about to be in this bitch. I don't care yeah. if they denying it. I don't care. <laughs> Andrew Garfield's in... Everybody is going to be in this bitch because that's how many timelines exist. Because mm. what's going to happen? They know who Peter is now. Everyone's going to be like, that's who Spider-Man is? And try to go kill his family, his friends, his everything. And that is why that Spider-Man is about to crack. Okay? Can you imagine Aunt, Aunt May? Aunt May? What? Everybody about to pull up. Uh, in front of Aunt, not this Aunt May. This is the wrong Aunt May, y'all. And people, <laughs> Marissa Tomei, like, come on, man. Uh, and, so, and so I really think um, No Way Home is going to be as crazy as a movie as we had originally thought. Even though, again, there's they're giving us some stuff. They're not giving us some other stuff. You said it. They 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 keep things secret when they really want to. And too much has got out. Some some is like maybe they didn't want out that whatever but right, uh, yeah, a, a, yeah. a lot of it is still like yeah no nah, we, we know it's a bunch of shit that's about to go down in this film so um I'm, I'm definitely excited for that like you said man what if the timing i just never thought oh these niggas are geniuses <laughs> <laughs> they they are they are genius like this what uh... if shit wasn't accidentally just plopped at the end of the summer it's like no this is gonna come exactly when it needs to come. We got four weeks until what if, and I, yeah. Even when we thought about it, or even when it was announced, like you said, we were like, "Oh, it's gonna be a cool show." What if Black Panther got picked up by Yondu? You know what I mean? What if it was uh, a yeah. Killmonger that saved Iron Man? It, it's just like you just don't think about it when it gets announced sometimes, and that's what's happening to me right now. It's like shit. Like, y'all really be playing in this shit. Like, I always knew, and we always do, but this is one of the ones that felt um, directionless. I don't know if that sounds right, because, of course, they had a direction, but we couldn't tell. Yeah, and now, yeah. now the puzzle pieces are just folding in. Mm-hmm. They're just folding. The only one, the only puzzle piece, again, right now, that is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? That's the one that still comes, seems a little isolated, not really connected to much. Like, we just know he's Captain America now, you know what I mean? It's not. But everything else is like, oh boy, that's why I think Shang-Chi is going to be so important. That's why I think Eternals is going to speed up to where we are now. That's what, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's just going to be a lot of shit going down. Um, And it's hard not to be excited, again, because shit's getting weird. I, I like to say it a lot. We like to say it a lot on the show, man. Shit's getting weird um and and it's really getting crazy quantum mania come on man like first and foremost we gotta start underrating ant-man as importance <laughs> to the mcu because I mean, ever, ever since he debuted has played a very integral part in every single event that's happened especially man. the major crossovers yes i'm like why why do we continue to do this um and then somebody did kind of zoom in on an episode of loki two three or something like that Mm-hmm. 
on Chronopolis. Remember the big ass bubble? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were like, "Damn, Kang must be here." But at the same time, <laughs> we were like, "Nigga, Kang ain't here." Cause no way. Yeah. Come on, bro. But now we're here, and so it's like it has to be Chronopolis. Like there is, mo- there has to be multiple Chronopolises in different timelines <laughs> and realities, uh, because that's where the TVA exists in Chronopolis. But now it makes sense, though, right? Now it's like. There's just multiple. There's a bunch of Chronopolis. It doesn't exist out of time. It exists in time, but we only controlled one because there was only one at the time. Like, it, you know, like that is in my mind is that is what was happening. Um, and, and now it's like, you know, uh, we are, again, stepping in the territory that a lot of people, I think, stepped in when they first seen uh maybe maybe like the first avengers movie or even like the first thor movie where they're like what the hell is this i have can you imagine somebody like who they're like i feel like getting into the mcu for the first time and they watch loki you're like what the hell you know what i mean like what like what can possibly be happening and and again i think we're entering that territory um that is enough mystery to get people excited you know like what what is going on um and, and for that uh yeah it's crazy we we're potentially in a place where the infinity saga will be made to look like child's play compared <laughs> to what can, could potentially happen here and we've already seen the 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 glimpses of it in loki i mean loki has to be i mean really like doesn't it have to be the weirdest thing that we've gotten like in the in the marvel cinematic universe up until this point like the fact that in the in the last episode, we saw like 13 Lokis and yeah. they were all looking different and you didn't know mm-hmm. who was telling the truth and who who wasn't. True. And Richard E. Grant is wearing, mm-hmm. yeah, this old costume and Elioth and this this pruned timeline, the void. And now, of course, he who remains Kang. Like the TVA is a thing in and of itself. Miss Minutes. The fu- Like, <laughs> like I, I think we have to really stop and think about where we are. This is mm-hmm. bananas. This is batshit crazy it that is. we are dealing with this, and like we're fine with it and okay with it because Marvel has just done such an excellent job at continuing to just make audiences buy into it. Um, yeah. And I, I, one of the worries that I that I always have about the future, especially now that we are in the place that we are, and we're talking about multiverse type of stuff this is i mean this is y'all this is if you're not in the comics this is really deep inside baseball type of shit right Mm -hmm. like it is complicated it is convoluted and in a lot of instances it's not good because it's it's really difficult to manage and i've been worried at points in time that if we were going to go in this direction like could they potentially lose audiences that way? Could they could they lose mm-hmm. some of their viewers? Like, oh, this is too weird. I, I can't keep up with all of this. This doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, what, what? Like time travel and timelines and same versions of the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to, you know, revisit that a little bit more when we do like our recap of the entire series. But somehow I think that they are figuring out a way to make yeah. it all feasible and digestible for mass Mm -hmm. audiences of course us nerds are going to always be like in tune and like signing on and good to go with this type of shit because we we've been fanatics of it for the longest but for the majority of people who watch this they don't have that knowledge and so i'm just so curious to see how the reception will continue to be Mm -hmm. over the course of these next projects but pulling back i mean you said a lot that i can't really add all that much to just the fact that 
the weaving in and out between TV series and movies over the course of these next two to three years is going to be extremely fascinating to see. And I have my thoughts on these Disney Plus series and how they are, how they exist in relation to the movies at this mm-hmm. point. And I'm just kind of curious to see how that continues to play out. But I mean, everything coming is just going to be. If you haven't bought in at this point, then it, it might you you if you don't hop on board, it you might be. <laughs> Yeah. It's getting a little far from the station, mm-hmm. which is going to make it very difficult for anybody to just like hop into the stuff because it's, I'm saying it's getting really deep comics lore and it weirdness is. and strange shit that's going to be happening over the course of all mm-hmm. the stuff that we'll see. That's um, tight. I'm gonna get but, a shirt that say "Strange Shit" on it, and it's gonna be strange like Doctor shit. Strange. <laughs> that's all we need, bro. Because that's all, that's exa- exactly what all this is. I agree. Um, Multiverse of Madness absolutely seems like a team up film, like a, a pseudo Avengers movie, like a mm-hmm. you know one of those big epic crossover events that we probably didn't initially anticipate. Spider Man No Way Home shaping up to be similar in that. We know Doctor Strange is also going to be in that movie as well as all mm-hmm. of these other rumored characters that we that we still have to see. Um, what if coming out in four weeks? We'll we'll talk about that trailer too shortly. But uh, it's just so much. I think if I had to make a prediction on season two of Loki, I think that it will happen after Quantum Mania. I mm-hmm. think that I think the Quantum Mania will come out before, and yep. Loki will come out. Loki season two will come out shortly after. Um, cause it feels like they're just now in development on season two. And I think for something of this scale, it's going to take at least a couple of years to get going and into production. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would predict that we'll see him in the Wasp Quantumanium. Kang will not be gone. Kang will not die. Cause I have a prediction about Kang that mm-hmm. he's going to be around. That nigga ain't yeah. going nowhere. Cause mm-hmm. we still got fantastic four down the line and Loki season two could bridge that gap mm. between Ant-Man and the Wasp and fantastic four and other bigger and better things. It's so much to digest, y'all. Um, but plenty, plenty to think about. But let's um, we got some questions that we'll get to a little bit later. We're also gonna, you know, briefly talk about our, the what if trailer that we did see last week. But before we get to that stuff, I just want to, you know, do sort of a put a bow on all of this. You know, low key season one is over. Yeah. Six episodes. We have saw the conclusion of this story. It obviously will continue whenever season two resumes. But man, I just want to, you know, spend a little bit of time talking about what your thoughts were on this entire series. Did it deliver for you? And mm-hmm. uh, at this point, how do you how do you assess and rate, you know, this Marvel TV experiment that we've gotten now that we have three shows here? Yeah, I, again, I came into Loki actually very hopeful. Um, just based off the trailer alone, I knew it was going to get, uh, again, kind of crazy. And I knew it was different. Um, WandaVision, uh, you know, it sought out to, to be to be weird and different, it, but it's, it kept its boots on the ground. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is literally all about having your boots on the ground. Here we are in Loki, and this man is in time, right? And, and the TVA is is here, and so I I, I had kind of had a feeling that this was going to be um, my favorite of the three. It just needed to perform that way. And you know, I, actually, after seeing, I think it was the third or fourth episode, maybe the third episode, that was a little underwhelming um that i was like okay maybe it might not be it you know maybe uh um it isn't going to end how i think it's going to end but it did and i think um and for that i i I, one i have to applaud it and two um I i have to i have to say it's my favorite so far because it exceeded expectations um in that way again at first i thought it was gonna be crazy then i was like eh, i don't know 
and then it exceeded those expectations of, of like, okay, maybe this isn't it. Um, so I, man, uh, again, just for that. And then, um, in terms of what, what was the other thing you asked? Um, well, you, I mean, you already kind of addressed it. I was, I was wondering like how you would assess this whole Marvel TV experiment up until this point. So you kind of briefly touched on it, but just, you know, now that we have three series under our belt, it's a, a decent sample size, obviously Mm -hmm. more to come, but I'm just kind of curious where you stand on this, this new, this new venture for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what's also crazy. They're still trying to figure out TV. We, you talked about it before. Uh, and you know, I think the reception of this episode is one that they'll actually understand and grasp onto a little bit more. I think, um, what, what's so isolated about these first three shows that we got, again, we know these characters and we've been with these characters, um, for a good amount of time. And now the next phase of shows beyond what if is how, how do you do TV with new people? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and I think they have another lesson to learn there. Um, when, when, um, she Hulk comes out, you know, uh, or even Miss Marvel, when Miss Marvel comes out or when, uh, Iron Heart comes out, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just going to have a different learning curve. I think, uh, uh, when it comes to again, what, how to make these TV shows. Um, and you know, in relation to the movies, I, I'm not sure yet until I see a Spider-Man or a Dr. Strange multiverse, on a hundred percent how I feel about the shows yet. But I know in this moment, I I do like them a lot because uh one, it gives us continuous Marvel all year. Like we don't have to wait on the movie all the time. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh uh but 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 two, it uh it allows um the madness to happen, right? Would would we have ever gotten this if not for a TV show format? And you know I and it, it, again, it's something for for them to figure out, of course. Um, but it's also it, it's also crazy because they evolved it a little bit, right? Like they've they've had TV shows, like uh, Agents of Shield has existed, and you know Agent Carter has existed, and all these other things has have existed. But now with full, we're not on TV control. It's like what can they do? And um, again, for as long as they take their time, and they can give us a product. That I think means everything, right? Well, give us something that actually means something in the movies. And we weren't seeing that before. And we finally got it today. Today, we finally got the gravity. We got the pool. We got what does this mean for the future MCU? Today, we got it. And it, again, if they can keep up this that trend, that trend to make it feel like it's not a throwaway, right? Um the trend to make it, it doesn't seem like it's not isolated. If it's really one continuous MCU, then they'll continue to be successful. And uh, that's that's what I think about the shows right now. Um, and so, uh, again, I, I, one, I, again, I applaud them for the the ambition because, uh, okay, I have to say this. DC should have did this shit a long fucking time ago. <laughs> There's an Arrow show, a Flash show, a Star Girl, a Supergirl, a Batwoman, a Black Lightning. Uh, I mean, I, you name it. And it, I, I, for the, for the, I just couldn't understand why none of this wasn't in the DCEU at first, right? And I feel like 
Marvel is taking advantage of that idea. It's like, y'all dumb as hell. We got this. <laughs> y'all and still they, ain't learn. No, and, <laughs> ten, and they're doing ten years. it. Yeah. Because DC could really could have killed this a long time ago. Because they had, bro, their TV CW success is it's gonna go down in history, bro, because it was really good when it first came out. Arrowverse was crazy when it first came out. It really was. Um, and, and they really did something different. And again, Marvel is just taking advantage of that idea that they just was like no, nah, we're not going to do that. Um, so I applaud that too. Like being able to see potential in something and making it your own. Marvel did that. Um, and again, I, I appreciate this shows for, for again, being something that shoot, they didn't know what was going on and we didn't know what was going on. So uh, thank you to them. Heady times we're living in. Whoever thought we would have ended up here. I, I want to briefly talk about what you just said with DC because I do think it's just so interesting because also, you know, this is still brand new for Marvel, too. They just started mm-hmm. this experiment this year and how quickly they have ascended to being at the forefront of public consciousness and the zeitgeist of culture with these yeah. shows and talking about these things, like how quickly it's happened because of that goodwill that they built up over the 10 years before that. Right. And the problem always with DC that I've spent a lot of time thinking about is just their, uh, they're too siloed. Their their divisions and their departments don't work cohesively to develop something that's singular that can be followed over the course of several mm-hmm. movies and TV shows. Everything right. is just so, so 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 done on an individual level and so siloed from each other then they haven't really allowed themselves i remember early in the Arrowverse, you know and when they were you know starting to develop the dcu the execs were like well no we're not going to cross that stuff over um which I, I mean whatever you know but what was the plan and we saw that the plan was not really in existence and even with marvel man you know before before 2016 you know there was a, a big power struggle at, at at marvel studios that i don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people know about general public right. doesn't know about that there was this this back and forth battle between the execs in new york and the you know the movie execs out in la and kevin feige and how much control he actually had um after our black widow episode i thought about it a little bit more in terms of why we didn't get that movie earlier i you know just transparently ceo of marvel as a company, Ike Perlmutter, who's based out of New York, never thought that films with female heroes at the center could do well or heroes mm-hmm. of color like Black Panther. He didn't think that they could sell toys. And so him having sort of that um, that leadership and that mentality and that control over Kevin Feige for so long prevented them, I think, from doing a lot of stuff early, that they wanted to do earlier. You know, he's talked mm-hmm. about how they wanted to do Shang-Chi They've been wanting to make that movie for 15 years and they wanted to Black Panther was one of the first movies they wanted to make out of the gate when they launched the MCU. That was yep. they had 10 characters that they knew that they still owned the rights to and Black Panther was one of them. And mm-hmm. it still took them almost 10 years to make that movie. And it wasn't until the execs at Disney, Bob Iger, Alan Horn, they decided to uh, basically integrate Marvel Studios, the film division underneath the, the Disney film division, which freed up. Kevin Feige to only answer to them to people who know how to make movies and not this mm-hmm. other guy who's a CEO who obviously has these shitty t- antiquated thoughts about what will and what won't perform well but you know that that might be a whole history lesson for another day um, and I think now Kevin Feige and the, the rest of the you know production team and the execs at Marvel they have that free will and that support mm-hmm. more than anything to do this because years ago Bob Iger presented them with a challenge how can we make the marvel cinematic universe exist on television and kevin feige as the leader and the the you know very very wise and intelligent exec and movie um businessman that he is he's like okay well we have characters that have been underserved 
actors that have been underserved that we want to explore more. And you talk about your Elizabeth Olsons and Paul Bettany's and, 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 and uh, Anthony Mackey's and Sebastian mm-hmm. Stans and, and all of these people who have been around, but they never had the spotlight on them. Okay, right. now we're going to give them six hours to really flesh out their characters while also introducing so many new people, such as your Miss mm-hmm. Marvels and your Moon Knights and all of these things. So, so much like background context with that. But what I'll continue to just like briefly say, Loki, phenomenal show. At this point, it's one of my top 10 MCU things, anything like movie, mm-hmm. t- like it's it's in my top 10. I know that for sure. I really thought about that today. Like as I was like starting to mm-hmm. figure out my rankings, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's better than that. And it's better than that. And it's absolutely better than that. And it just starts <laughs> to move up the ranks. And I'm like, yeah, this is a top 10 thing for me because it mm-hmm. has consequences. It has stakes. And it did so much for the characters involved, especially Loki and Sylvie. The development that we saw with both Tom Hiddleston and Sophia DiMartino, what they brought to these roles, yeah. which is extraordinary. The writing was incredible. The influences that they brought in. We talked about the Blade Runner influences and A Clockwork yeah. Orange and The mm-hmm. Matrix and all of these things and even The Planet of the Apes in this most recent episode. And now that we get the revelation of Kang the Conqueror played by Jonathan Majors, Michael Waldron talked about how that character is very much inspired by um, Seven and what Kevin Spacey did with that role as John Doe in that movie, presenting mm-hmm. our heroes with the with the opportunity to to off the antagonist, which we know is not a good thing to do because it's actually going to create a worse outcome for everybody involved. And just like all of these different things that paid off so well, they stuck the landing. That That's they what they did. They absolutely stuck the landing. And I dare say that the ending of this, the final moments of this show, are almost... I wouldn't put them on the same level, but it's probably the second darkest ending we've gotten to any MCU anything compared to Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Infinity War, we know, was incredibly heartbreaking to witness yeah. all of that. This has to be right there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't see, like, the, the worldwide ramifications just yet, per se, but we're going to see it over the course of these next films and TV series. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, what I'll say, you know, in, in terms of this specific conversation is just about the shows and the movies and the role that they play and the, and the interconnectedness of it all. Um, one of my big hesitations about all of this is this experiment is, you know, whether or not these TV series were, go- were going to be crucial. Like, are mm-hmm. they going to be are they going to be actually important to the larger story or can somebody continue to just see the movies and they'll be OK? I'm still not 100 percent convinced that that isn't the case, mm-hmm. because I do think that there's a conversation to be had about these shows where. You can watch them, and if you watch them, you will absolutely be rewarded for spending the time with these characters and seeing the development. But as we know, you know, the Wanda consequences of everything that happened in WandaVision probably won't pay off until Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Sam, his sort of inner turmoil taking on the mantle as Captain America, we saw that development in the show, but if somebody didn't watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and they just Mm -hmm. came to the Captain America 4 movie... They could look at Endgame, and then they could look at Captain America 4 and say, like, oh, well, that still makes sense. Mm-hmm. Steve did hand over the mantle. If yeah. I want to go back and look at the show and see what happened in between, I can. Or even mm-hmm. looking at, you know, again, Kang and the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium connection. This is not the most essential version of Kang that we got. Right. Us as comic nerds and us as fans, we get a little bit extra by knowing that this is a variant of the character, but we're going to get the supreme prime version of Kang and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So if you didn't watch Loki, the best is still yet to come. So it feels like that these shows at this point could still be proven wrong. They're recommended. They're like recommended reading, not required mm-hmm. reading, but recommended reading. Like mm-hmm. if you want your experience richened and deepened, come to these shows because you're going to get a lot more. But if you have not watched them, you might still be okay. 
Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I think we would recommend all the people to, to continue up with this as much as you can, but everybody has lives and it's a lot, it's a big commitment, but that's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm just interested to, again, continue to see how that develops because as you mentioned, the next wave of shows is going to be all new sort of origin story characters from Miss Marvel to Moon Knight to Ironheart to, to uh, just all these other people that we're going to see really soon here, She-Hulk. Um, so that'll even be more interesting to see how important these shows are going to play to the larger narrative. And I do think that they will be important, but we're just figuring out how that is exactly going to look what what that's going to look like and how that'll be defined. So yeah, yeah. lots, lots of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Y'all, those are our thoughts on Loki. This entire series was phenomenal. Um, yes. I think that it, it, it absolutely set out and achieved so many things and very excited, obviously for a season two and what'll happen with that. But of course we got a lot to go before that um with things like spider-man and dr strange and Ant-Man and the wasp but we got a few questions that came in so i I definitely want to take some time to answer those some of these we kind of touched on but let's just circle back so uh our boy antonio has sent in quite a few questions that we'll we'll take a take a moment to answer here so his first question is um three marvel series back to back now that low-key will have wrapped up what are what what's each of your favorite series out of the three um i think we it's low-key it's 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 easily low-key yeah yeah Um, for sure not really a comparison. That's not to downgrade the other two, but mm-hmm. low-key, from beginning to end, is just a much more satisfying experience. Yeah. And I know we both have problems with sort of the endings of WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. If I had to um, rank them, though, I think I would go uh, Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, me personally. Uh, uh, WandaVision, first and foremost, again, I, I loved... Um, Watching, I used to watch those TV shows with my mom when I was younger. I really know the theme songs to like Green Acres, and <laughs> I used to watch a, a ton of I Love Lucy, and uh, of course Dick Van Dyke, you know things like that. So yeah. I think that's why I, I, I just loved it, kind of in a different sense. Um, to put it second, so Loki was it, it. It really was astounding. I think um, as a TV show, and it's like if people ask me like which one should I watch. If I had to pick one, I'm just going to tell them Loki almost every time. Like, if you had to pick one, that's the one I'm going to pick. thousand percent. I would agree with that ranking, too. Um, same order for me. I, I would also just take it a step further. You know, it's kind of cheating because we only got one movie. Loki's the best phase four thing we've gotten thus far. The only yes. other thing that we're adding in there is Black Widow. But, yeah, Loki's <laughs> also better than Black Widow. So it's the best thing in phase four we've seen. But there's mm-hmm. obviously a lot of exciting stuff to come soon um the next question how do you think the avengers will get the information that kang the compassionate shared with loki and sylvie kang the compassionate kang the compassionate um, oh my god i don't know how compassionate he really is he wasn't but, that compassionate um that's a good question how do you think the avengers will get the information that he shared with loki so i was wondering that that you know loki oh. is yeah. The one with the information, right? Like mm-hmm. he's the one that knows all of this stuff. He's almost in the same position that Bruce Banner was in Infinity War as the only survivor from um, the destruction of Asgard right. from from the hands of Thanos. You know, when he got back to Earth and ran into Doctor Strange and Wong mm-hmm. and even Tony, he had to communicate the threat, the incoming threat. Um, Loki's now in that predicament. I, You know, I don't know exactly. If I had to predict, I think that in Spider-Man No Way Home, there's going to be a ton of confusion. Like, mm-hmm. shit's going to be happening. And again, as as an audience, we will have the information and the knowledge that there are branch timelines. There's a multiverse. That's why we're seeing all these people come into this story. 
Peter Parker ain't gonna have a fucking clue about any of that. He mm-hmm. like why would he know any of this information? Right. Doctor Strange might have insight. We know that he's gonna be involved in that movie, but I think Doctor Strange might also still be in a in the early stages of figuring out what exactly is going on. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we get to Multiverse of Madness, if Loki is indeed in that movie, they're gonna have that moment where Loki can explain exactly what's going on. This yeah. is the person that I met. He is this extremely terrifying dictator from from all points of time in history that is that is coming and there's a war that's impending and so i think it'll be that movie where the information is conveyed from low-key maybe even sylvie over to dr strange and then the you know the information can disseminate from there yeah that 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 was kind of close to my idea i feel like again dr strange i feel like his radar is on right now like <laughs> like there's no way as a keeper of the realm mr i can see x amount of infinite whatever you know what i mean timelines and 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 things that are supposed to happen i just know all the sanctums are going insane like what the hell is this um you know in the in the now that he's the one man he's the man with the plan he's supreme sorcerer so he 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 i think he knows instantly like that Mm. that at, at least um Again, I, I think he's he is trying to figure out exactly what's going on, and it it will be Loki to inform him about Kang specifically. But I think he knows about the timelines. Like I think, sure, yeah, I think Doctor Strange is about to be again running rampant. Um, and where again, where he finds that out, uh, like you said, it, it has to be related, um, to to either Quantum Mania or or the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, um, to where Loki is going to tell him this information. Maybe it's even in the post credit scene. Where Loki pulls up to to Doctor Strange, right? How, like, how the hell did you get here? <laughs> like, that's uh, that's kind of going to be the question, and maybe the beginning of the Multiverse of Madness is even about Loki, right? Like, ten minutes of how this nigga got from the TVA to to Doctor Strange Sanctum, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. that, maybe that's literally how it works. Um, but yeah, I that's exactly how I think it's, it's going to happen. I think, or uh, again, some variation thereof. It ain't going to be Sylvie. I'll tell you that. What the hell happens with her? I don't even know where the hell she's going. (laughs) What do you do after something like that? Because she obviously, I mean, she didn't look satisfied, which we would have predicted. She looked extremely defeated. Like, wait, this Mm -hmm. wasn't, this didn't feel how I thought it was going to feel. Yeah, and I think that's a very uh, interesting dynamic about the show uh, that um, we touched on between free will, purpose. But another thing is fulfillment. And I think she felt like her purpose was to do what she did. And now she's done it and she's unfulfilled. And that that's not the thing um, that, that really gave her fulfillment, right? Like revenge never is <laughs> what yeah. you think it's going to be uh, uh, in the end. You know, it's always been a, a lesson uh, throughout time. So, um, yeah, it, it ain't going to be her wherever the hell she is or whatever the hell she about to do. Uh, but she about to run into some people. Question is, will we see her before Loki season two? I don't know. It's, it's possible. Good question. Uh, what a massive, massive L. Uh, we also know that Loki does know who Doctor Strange is. They already had their first interaction in Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok. So yeah. this could also be a scenario where Loki has nowhere else to turn. Who else to turn to but the Sorcerer Supreme, the Keeper of the Time Stone, you know, the one who's supposed to protect the realm, exactly. then Doctor Strange himself. So could be an easy, easy connection there. Um, next question. Do you think the Avengers will need to find another benevolent Kang to help aid in his doppelganger's defeat? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Um, 
no Kangs will be on the side of the Avengers. I don't, Not a one. I don't think. The don't one think. that would have been is the one she just killed. Yeah. I, I think it only, I mean, it only gets worse from here, right? Like, we mm-hmm. only have to see, like, more terrible versions of what we've already seen. Like, I, I don't I don't see any scenario where they're teaming up with each other. Um, I remember everybody thought Thanos was going to team up with the Avengers to fight some bigger threat in Avengers Endgame. It's like, nah, bro. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's never that deep. It's, it's usually what, it, what we think it is. So, um, I don't think so. Um, another question, what's a comic storyline you recommend bonus points? If there are any past, present or speculative future ties to the MCU. Oh man. Um, uh, first and foremost, I mean, we know what's coming up. Secret invasion. Do look up, do secret invasion and secret wars is actually insane. I was going to say that it has to be like secret wars is secret required. Wars is- yeah. That's good. I mean, is that it? Is that it right now? Like, is that the is that the end game of this yeah. iteration of this universe? Like, it has to be Secret absolutely Wars, right? At, yeah. b- between Secret Invasion and what we just watched happen. It's it's Secret War. Like Secret Wars is coming. Um yeah. And I I actually think it's going to potentially be the name of the phase. Phase one, the Infinity Saga. Phase two, Secret Wars. Um, or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely oh. read the 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 Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars. Read story. Jonathan Hickman everything first and foremost. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, read every. I mean, he's <laughs> he's incredible. Uh, he's done some of the best shit for them in in the past what 15, 20 years. But uh, yeah, I think I think when you think about speculative, like Secret Wars seems the most obvious route at this point. There's there's so many connections already that we can establish, even like before mm-hmm. seeing stuff, especially like characters that might be involved as we've talked about Fantastic Four as being a potential thing. Eventually Doctor Doom possibly being oh, a thing, a part of that God. as well. Um there there's yeah. already a lot there that, that we can point to and say like, yeah, Secret War seems like the the inevitable outcome. Especially because um Doctor Doom and Kang are connected. People don't <laughs> What's very much al- so. Kang is also connected to the X Men when he was uh Rama Tut, but when he goes back in time, right? So he starts as Nathaniel Richards. He's a normal person. He goes uses the time whatever he uses to go back in time to the uh, Egyptian times, and he actually takes Apocalypse as his underling, as his mm-hmm. like his, his mentee. Um, mm-hmm. so this man, if you want to tie these people in X Men and Fantastic Four, this is the nigga to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like he he he's literally the one to do it. Um, I would also say Annihilation, man. That's another oh, good, very good one. Yeah, because we we've already done some really big ones, to be honest. Um, yeah. And Finley Gauntlet had always been like the number one, right? Like the best comic run. Uh, number two had always been to me Dark Phoenix, right? Dark mm. Phoenix is still bigger I, than I think most people understand. Like people, yeah, because we haven't conveyed it on screen good yet. No, they'll uh, they'll get to that one day, like way down the line when we can get past the the, the stink of these iterations that we've gotten. But I think one day, maybe it shit, it might be fifteen years from now, they'll eventually get back to that and do it properly. Because that that's another story that we know. And I don't know why they didn't learn this lesson. It's like you cannot do that in one movie. You really can't even do it in two movies. That is also a story that you do over the course of several installments into this 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 you know sort of narrative that you're trying to weave together that might be three shows and three movies or you know, two shows and four movies whatever it might be but that 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 takes so much time to to really make it impactful and, and to do it justice absolutely um i already said annihilation i'll give one more and that's the i think it's called the rise of galactus the so the something oh, okay. of galactus yeah yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah. like and, the most essential galactus piece yeah. right i think 
The Coming. It's called The Coming of Galactus. Okay. Um, I, and I, I'll actually suggest that one too. I think everything we just named is like coming at some point if it mm-hmm. hasn't happened already. Uh, there's, And then I would say Spider-Man anything because, <laughs> I mean, look it's at all there. <laughs> yeah. No, it absolutely is all there. Yeah, Spider-Man, brush up on anything Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse stuff, you know, I think tap absolutely. into like the more recent Spider-Verse stuff that they've absolutely done that they obviously has influenced so much mm-hmm. stuff that we've seen in video games and animated movies. Um, clearly, that is the hot shit right now. So if you can dive into any Spider-Verse um, content specifically, even bringing in the Miles aspect of it, I, you know, we, you know, I don't think we'll see much of Miles, obviously, in No Way Home, but that there's inevitability there too. And the night Gwen Stacy died, we we already seen it in Spider-Man uh, One. Yeah, kind yeah. of like there was like a mix between Aunt May and the night Gwen Stacy, or you know what I mean, but. Mm-hmm. Hey, read the night when Stacy died. Spider Man story arc. Uh, it, it's gonna circle back. I have a feeling it's gonna circle back. Mm. I just don't know how yet, but mm. they're gonna use elements of that story to circle back because we haven't seen the MCU specific yet. Yeah, I agree. Great question. Um, the last question we got actually comes from Lexi. Um, so she writes. Uh, so was he who remains the Kang we'll see in the third Ant Man, or will that be? one of the more evil variants. Is he the most evil variant? And during this phase of the MCU, do you think we'll see more than one? Um, so to your first question, is he who remains the king we'll see in the third Ant-Man? No. Well, <laughs> no. Uh, he's dead as hell. So definitely hell not. Dead. Yep. Um, so we will, in fact, see a more evil variant in Ant-Man and the Wasp of Quantumania. Yes. And, I think um, that there is... Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I I have this. Uh, it's not really a theory, but there were several things sprinkled, of course, in the show. Um, when it came to numbers, right? There was three timekeepers. Uh, we see the statue in the hall. There was four statues. One of them was broken. Right. Um, and then when uh when when our our he who remains slash Immortus is you know uh doing his um his rendition with his time uh stone thing you can see there was five kings kind of fighting um yes in the, in the multiversal war right uh and i think we will see four other kings like me I, in my mind because they're playing off this thing so well where they believe or where he says i go by many names and in my mind that also means the king. There's multiple kings to be seen, right? We see, we we've been we've 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 already accustomed to it now. We got kid Loki and alligator Loki and classic Loki and Loki missing a foot. I don't know, um, but <laughs> but we have Nathaniel Richards and Rama Tut and King the Conqueror and the Scarlet right. Centurion. You know, there's like Mr. all these, Griffin, all yeah, these people. There's all yeah. these king names that exist, and I think they're going to play off that because that's kind of what they've the feel they've already given us with the Lokis and the variants. And so I, even though I think Kang, right, will be the one. You know, like the the main villain. I still think we're going to get glimpses of. Um, um, of a Ramatut or of even a, a more classic Nathaniel Richards, but he's still evil somehow. You know what I mean? Like, or uh, a Scarlet Centurion, or like you just said, Mister Griffin. Like, we're we'll, we're going to get these different versions of Kang, I think. And I think that's what makes me part excited for Jonathan Majors too. Like you said, like this dude, 
his range is about to be insane. Like, I just know. Oh, my goodness. Which, He's which about I, to do everything. Yeah, which is why I liked him in this. Because I think he was just trying to separate so much from the others that he had to go yeah. over a little bit. He had to go a little over a century. That way, the next time you see him, you're like, God damn, it's the same person. Like, yeah. are we sure it's the same person? And so, yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, you answered it all. I, I, I completely agree with you with all of that stuff, so I don't have much to add. Um, do you think that we'll get clarity in, I don't know when it'll happen. Maybe it's the next Spider-Man, because we got a sense of it in Far From Home, just a quick glimpse. Like, do you think we'll get clarity on who bought Avengers Tower? Since, like, they also alluded to that Easter egg here in Loki. Like, will they just finally say, like, oh, yeah, uh, Kang Enterprises, Q-Q-U-E-N-G, has purchased uh avengers tower and you know i i don't think i don't necessarily think it'll be a big story element but i'm wondering if they just also again start to integrate this into the like there Mm -hmm. there's the there's the element of this that we have seen that exists outside of time you know we've gotten outside of time we've gotten outside of the tva even and we were in the citadel at the end of time and we can even see the actual branch timeline in real in like sort of in real time at, at that moment and right. then I think there's also the other side of it where, like, we have to, like, reground ourselves and get back to reality. And that's, like, where Spider-Man, the boots on the ground stuff comes in. And then the world starts to discover or the Avengers specifically start to discover what's happening here. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if they um, if they do some parallel work there, right? Like, we know what's going on as well, but we also can start to see the seeds planted in the real world, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in our in our in our current timeline of how things exist. I think timing-wise, it won't be Kang still because um, people will start to question, well, why did that come before? And then that just happened. And then, you know what I mean? So I, I'm still going with Norman Osborn about that bitch. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it, it, it would just be like the next step in Spider-Man, right? Like, where sure. the hell is Norman Osborn? Like, that's, I, in my mind, that's the thing that kind of needs to happen. And I think that's that's who bought it. Got you. I, I had a theory earlier when we started talking about this show, because um, like we were we were right about some things, we were wrong about some things. I think we mm-hmm. were right, obviously, in the fact that we thought that it was going to be Kang. Um, Might have been wrong in how we thought that they were going to present him, you know, because it's yeah. hard to predict that sort of thing. And obviously, wrong about the the nature of the show. Now knowing that there's a season two, there was obviously no way that they were going to kill Loki. They didn't even kill Sylvie. There was speculation that she might die, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, this is always fun stuff. I know one of the earlier theories that i had that you know hasn't been proven but it also hasn't been disproven and i'm not 100 percent ready to let it go uh-huh. is you know what if the tva exists within the quantum realm because we do have this quantum mania thing mm-hmm. coming up and uh i mean it's probably wrong at this point just because we've seen so much of the tva and how it works and the fact that it isn't like a real thing and it has been created outside of time um quantum mania might be more of a device movie to explain time travel specifically and allow mm. kane to travel through various points of time um which is separate from the tva but right i'm not gonna let it go just yet but you know just want to just want to resurface that and throw that out there but there's there, you know there's just so many possibilities so uh can't wait, man. Can't wait for everything that we got coming with Loki season two, of course, and with the rest of these movies. And I think we both enjoyed this such to such a degree that we're uh, we're definitely in a great place with with Marvel and the MCU at this point. And obviously, are eagerly anticipating a new trailer for Spider Man No Way Home, which I feel like they need to drop that shit 
yesterday. Like, go Bro, ahead and just drop time. it. Like, it's, it's time. time. Yep. We have the context. We know what's going on. If you pop up these, you know, random villains from all these other movies, we don't need to be confused anymore because now we have the mm-hmm. full context of what's happening here. So, can't wait. But those are our thoughts on Loki as a series as well as the season finale season season one of low-key episode six so definitely please please engage with us hit us up on social media text us do whatever you got to do let us know what you think about Loki, and let us know what you think about our thoughts and our predictions and our analysis Um, but before we go today before we officially sign off man we we do got to talk about because this is the next show coming up what if and we Mm -hmm. finally got a full-length trailer this is our second trailer we got you know a first look back at uh back at that disney investor day last december this is sort of our first uh real trailer that that alludes a little bit to the story of what if but we know now that it's coming august 11th on disney plus and we're going to get 10 episodes likely in this first season um and august 11th is the date so we got about four weeks until that show comes back around a little bit of a break in Mm -hmm. between in between these two series um but we got a trailer we got a glimpse of like some of the stuff that they're going to be doing some of the scenarios that they're going to present to us like oh what if this happened what if what if peggy carter became captain britain and there was no captain america what if there were zombies in the MCU. What if uh, what if uh, 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 Black Panther was captured by Yondu and taken out into the galaxy and all of these just crazy things. Tony Stark being saved by Killmonger mm-hmm. and not ever being taken captive by the by the Ten Rings. So um, so many infinite possibilities, of course. And as we both mentioned, this seems to be a little bit more important than I think we initially thought. But um, yeah, right. just interested to hear your thoughts on what we saw in the in the new trailer, man. Um, so uh, they didn't show it in the trailer, but on the artwork. <laughs> I have to see Doctor Strange Spider Man, bro. I know you see my tweet. <laughs> you zoomed I, in on that boy. I that, said, that, do y'all see this? <laughs> <laughs> that eagle eye was like, oh no, we got to talk about this right here. <laughs> we got to talk about it, man. Um, I I think that part's gonna be really cool. Uh, cause I think there's again so much they're still not showing when it comes to what if, right? Of course they have these other episodes, but what if can have infinite amount of seasons? You know what I mean? Like you can just keep making what ifs if you really want to. Um, and I, I think they will. Uh, the, I'm most excited about two things that we did see in the trailer. One is just zombies, first and foremost. I mean, it's Marvel zombies. Like, what the hell? Like, we ain't seen that shit yet. That's going to be some some crazy stuff. Um, and two, of course, of course, y'all, uh, it, it has to be the last performance of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what if Black Panther was picked up by Yondu. Um, mm. Because, you know, it's like, uh, I think there'll there'll be some interesting cultural things there uh, that that again they they haven't really talked about, but I think will definitely be part of the episode. Um, and uh, and I'm, again, I'm just ready to see Chadwick Boseman. So I think those are the two things I'm most excited for for sure. Um, of course, I'm ready to see everything else too, but those are like the ones I'm like, yeah, I can't wait till that happens. I agree. I think that the trailer was was great. It got me excited for sure about it the animation is gorgeous it's really really beautiful animation different too. um and yeah different different style that i we haven't seen you know that mm-hmm. there's other marvel animated shows that come out on like disney xd like more children oriented shows they've been making those for years so marvel animation has existed for for quite a while we know that this show is produced um, by marvel studios this is their first animated series but those marvel animated shows that come on tv um, you can tell that they don't always invest the most money into them. They're just kind of, you know, they do what they need to do to get the job done, and they, you know, put it out the door, and they produce a lot of episodes. So it's not that expensive. But this one looks like that they put a lot of resources behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised coming from Disney. I mean, they kind of 
started all of this shit to begin with but yeah. uh it looks it looks great and also really impressed that they got so many people to return to reprise these roles you know so Haley atwell is going to be back as Pe- peggy carter you talked about chadwick boseman coming back as t'challa um they even have josh brolin as thanos and mm-hmm. dominique cooper is coming back as howard stark tony stark's father samuel yep. jackson is going to be back as nick fury natalie portman jane foster michael b jordan killmonger the list goes on and on and on They're, they only had to replace a few people iron man captain america um their most expensive of actors that they would have to pay shit tons of money to they did not get back because uh mm-hmm. fucking robert downey probably charged 25 mil for three minutes but you know for the most part we get we're getting the people that we know and love in these roles so i can't wait to see those voice those voice performances come through and just some of the episodes we don't know the exact premise premise of all of these specific episodes yet but mm-hmm. we're getting a little bit of a sense you talked about the spider-man and dr strange element i'm i'm very intrigued about this I guess it's like Guardians of the Multiverse. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of like an Avengers team because they do yeah. that that same similar roundabout Avengers shot, but this is a different team. Like it's it's Gamora with Thanos's sword that we saw in Endgame, mm-hmm. and it's T'Challa in the role of Star Lord. That feels like that might be like a season finale episode it has where, to be. yeah, like where all yeah. of these different stories end up coming together in this Guardians of the Multiverse mm-hmm. type of type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also really interested in the the Vision story too because there's. Mm clear connections to ultron i think in that show like it almost looks like what if vision became ultron what if he didn't have the mind stone something like that you know Mm -hmm. um, again we have to get the exact premises the premises whatever the plural is of these episodes but um such cool stuff and again this this could all be extremely intrinsically related to loki like this this show's existence could be based off of that like Mm -hmm. Uh, the watcher who's you know narrated by um um uh, jeffrey wright i mean he could literally be like well now that the multiverse is fucked up uh let's just go <laughs> ahead and examine all these other things that happen you know he could finally yeah. tell these stories since he's like the narrator of the show we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have to see but it looks great can't wait to talk about it um and you, you y'all know we'll be on the show talking about it every week once we get these these new episodes mm-hmm. that drop so what is gonna be will. great man yeah i can't wait um Anything else about Loki MCU before we sign off and wrap things up today? Uh, we've said a lot, but you know, there's always more to pick. Just want to check one more time. Anything else we got to cover? I don't think so, man. Y'all gear up. Yeah, we still got a lot of MCU to cover for the rest of the year. Literally, we have three movies left, and it's July. Whatever the hell that's about. Uh, <laughs> I I still can't believe it, but the nerd in me is very excited um, because, and then we're gonna turn around and get. Doctor Strange at the beginning of next year. So, uh, we again, we had a drought, but, you know, the MCU is back. Um, and I won't say it's better, but it's it's getting good again. Let's just put it like that. It's getting really good again. So, um, I, I hope everyone is excited as I am, uh, I guess, as we are, you know, about uh, everything going on. And I just hope people stay tuned with us, man. We're always, we'll always be here. We ain't going nowhere. Um, the, the nerds that, that do this, man absolutely absolutely well y'all thank you so much for tuning in to our weekly episodic reviews of loki this has been truly truly fun uh, i've enjoyed this so much and this was new for us obviously since disney decided to change the release date of their shows moving to wednesdays we didn't want to make y'all wait an entire week to talk about the prior week's episode so thank you for everybody that's tuned into these weekly episodic reviews or even talked to us about the feedback and talked to us about you know our theories and, and predictions for the show it's been really really fun um of course we'll be back next week to talk all things that we've seen over the course of the weekend we know space jam and new legacy 
is coming out. Escape Room is coming out. There's a couple mm-hmm. things on Netflix. I know Gunpowder Milkshake is out yeah. and Fear Street. Lots yeah. to always get into. So we'll definitely be back next week. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, we're gonna take a little bit of a break, obviously, until this uh, until this What If show comes out. I'm sure that's gonna be uh, be the next thing that we we figure out a way to tackle and figure out a way to review. But again, thank y'all for tuning in each and every week to these low key reviews. That officially ends this this segment of Two Black Nerds, this series of Two Black Nerds. So we'll revert back to our regular one a week episodes starting next week. But uh, appreciate all the support up until this point, and yeah, we'll see we'll see y'all next time. Yeah, man. Want to reiterate and thank you all for tuning in the two weeks. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a lot of content. We understand. So we appreciate y'all for always rocking with us, man. Uh, if you got a, a friend who isn't into the MCU yet, tell them they better get on the train right now or they're going to get left behind. Um, and, and tell them, listen to our podcast, man. A lot of people, uh, a, a lot of people don't understand a lot of the things going on in the Loki or WandaVision. And that's what we are here for. We're here to be a guide. Um, so, you know, don't just uh, uh, be the knowledge, share the knowledge. I'll say that. So, with that being said, y'all, we are Audi 5000. And remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds. Where we're too black, too nerdy. And we out, y'all. Peace. Get